The Joy Unleashed show empowers and inspires women to reclaim their joy. We provide tools, resources, and connections to help you unlock your true potential through engaging conversations, expert insights, and transformative stories. We create a vibrant and inclusive community where women can break free from the limitations that hold them back. I'm joyologist Colleen Greco, and it is my honor to be your host. Let's get right into the show. If you feel like you're stuck, if you feel like you don't quite know your purpose, or maybe you know it, but you just can't find the path toward it. If you're uncomfortable in your own skin and want to finally master self-love, then we need to talk. I'm Colleen Greco, and I'm your joyologist. I help women just like you to reclaim the joy they feel is missing in their life through mindset coaching and nutrition coaching. Whether you have weight to lose or simply need to get your gut in check, I've got you. We'll work together to retire limiting beliefs. Those are the stories that are keeping you from your purpose. I need you to hear me. Those are the stories that we need to get rid of in order to get you on your path to your purpose. We will work together to get you that life you've always dreamed of. It would be my honor to connect with you. Reach out to me via Instagram at the Colleen Greco or email Colleen at ColleenGreco.com. Let's get you back to the show. Welcome back to another edition of Joy Unleashed. I'm your humble host and joyologist, Colleen Greco. And today I am so excited to introduce you to a fabulous woman with amazing energy. Her name is Orly Amor. And how, I mean, like the name, guys, the name. Without further ado, I'm going to bring her up. Let's Let's have a great conversation. Orly, like, did you make that name up? Come on. So many people ask me that. No, that's my true birth given name. I love it. I love yeah. it. Well, I welcome. Know. I'm so Thank glad you. you're here. Um, Thank you tell for us having a little me. bit of, about yourself and uh, <clears throat> and maybe how we met. Um, so we both are part of OWL, which is an amazing app. Everybody should join it, you know, and um uh, we met through it, but then we found out that we have some friends in common, so even more fun. Uh, but I, I've i been a business coach for public speakers for now 13 years, a little over 13 years. And the only one in the world that guarantees you'll make 150K your first year in public speaking or I work with you until you do. So there is no loss anywhere. I mean, with that kind of guarantee, why wouldn't people just give it a shot, right? I love it. Well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> I know it sounds too good to be true, but I guess we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, definitely. Well, to just throw you a little bit of a softball, you know, to warm up the conversation. And I kind of say that jokingly because oftentimes I get the the response, oh, that's kind of a heavy question. But it's not. How do you define joy? You know, you yourself, not what you think Webster's Dictionary defines it as. How do you define joy? just being happy go lucky all day long because that's what i am people think that i'm taking some kind of pill but i don't i'm really like this 24 7. it actually scared my husband when we first met you know uh, we woke up at 4 30 in the morning and i'm like good morning let's get up <laughs> <clears throat> sorry good morning let's get up you know let's go for a walk and he's like it's 4 30 in the morning what did you eat and i'm like nothing i just want to go up you know and he's like i have another hour to sleep go back to sleep no i can't and i'm like this all day long and he's like where do you get this energy and i'm like i don't know but life is good you know 
<laughs> That's I mean, my joy. Did you grow up in that kind of environment? Tell us a little bit about like. No, actually, I don't have a very gloomy doomy, you know. Um, so in 18 seconds, I'll just uh, give you that. Uh, I was a beaten up child. I was molested four times before the age of 14. I was raped three times before the age of 22. Twice gang raped, nine months apart, left for dead. I was also married to a very abusive husband, both mentally and physically. And as a result, I had four abortions and I gained a morbid amount of weight. I was 428 pounds at my heaviest. So with all that said, was my childhood a happy-go-lucky kind of thing? No, but I still found joy in everything that I wanted to. Like I had my imaginary friends. I had my, my imaginary life, if you will, and that's where I found joy. And uh, with all these other things that happened, I had great conversations with God. And I figured that if he's keeping me here on this planet, there must be something I need to be doing. And I'm just so very grateful. And so gratitude brings me joy. And gratitude has been my way of living and knowing that I'm here for a reason. Whatever. Okay. So first of all, for everybody watching and listening, because this is also a TV show, so they get to... to Oops watch my reaction. No, no, there's no, ooh. I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, hopefully they saw my face where my jaw dropped. I did not know that about you. So thank you for being so vulnerable and trusting us with your story. Cause I know that is, um, that's a lot, uh, to share, but how did that make you who you are today? Um, and so having, gratitude and discovering joy in the midst of this is remarkable. And, and I talk a lot about that where you don't, you know, a lot of people think, you know, as a joyologist, like, oh, you just live in this bubble of like sunshine and rainbows. And I'm like, no, I don't. I mean, this sprung out of my son's suicide attempt. So that also not a joyous occasion, but joy and love is what got us through it. When, when I very specifically can remember laying down on my, on my carpet in front of my front door and saying, this is not my life. This is not what I signed up for. Like I, I had like a plan and this definitely was not on it. Right. But saying like, I don't know how to heal him and myself other than to just shower him with love. And by showering him with love, he was able to build that confidence and, um, Yes. You know, we, we went back to church actually before that happened is when I started going back to church. Um, I was born and raised Catholic, but discovered the Christian church. And, um, I don't, I still always say, I don't know that I know everything about it, but I just know I come out a better human than when I went in. And that's really important to me, um, to always treat people with kindness and respect and compassion and love. Uh, but, that helped us so much during our healing process. And so I'm just so thankful that you were, you know, so vulnerable to share that with us today. It's my honor and privilege. My, uh, my story is my story. Everybody has one. And um, it's not a competition of stories. It's just a story amongst others. And we all deal with it the way we can. I just think that gratitude of being able to be, um, oh, um, on the other side of it is is really where the gratitude comes because if I was six foot under, I wouldn't even be able to share my story. So it's okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And in preparing for our talk today, just to, you know, educate myself on all things orally, uh -oh. I'm sure I didn't get all of it. Um, but I did notice there is a common thread through your um, professional background that is health and wellness. Um, so where did that come from? And <laughs> look at your face. Maybe it's not. Okay. Maybe no, I was looking no, at my okay. own profile. It's like health and wellness. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Maybe I was looking at my own profile. I don't know. Well, that's anyway, funny. It, it looks like that was really, um, you know, kind of like a, a common piece. So did that help you? Um, with respect to your own healing or what, what was, or was that? A no, actually um, the health and wellness network was something that actually we just shut down. But um, the, the reason I, that was my reaction. That's why you saw that reaction is because, oh, well, that doesn't even exist now anymore. Uh, but here's the thing. It was uh, about networking and providing a network for health and wellness professionals, practitioners, service and product providers to network with corporate professionals. Mm -hmm. And that was just my networking background where I think that people are missing out on meeting the right people for the right reason. And unfortunately, everybody's trying to sell each other instead of building a relationship that can eventually um, result in referral partners, in collaborations, and, uh, and maybe business as well. But at the end of the day, that was my way of paying it forward. That was my paid forward baby. So it was about networking and growing my database, which has been an amazing journey. I love that you touched on this because I find, um, so a little bit more about me is that I had a 26 year career in IT marketing and in leadership. And, you know, this joyologist was, was born out of that trauma. Um, and so, you know, I have like that part of my life, which is very much a part of my network. Um, but as I'm, you know, getting deeper into entrepreneurship, which has always been a passion of mine, um, I am finding I'm getting sold to like on the hour. And I find that a lot of people don't understand the power of networking. And so maybe you could tell us a little bit more about how it should be done, because I know there are people listening that feel the exact same way I do. And it's like, you know, not being, you know, conniving or deceitful or underhanded about it, but simply saying like, I like you, you like me, we have a connection, there's some sort of synergy, let's do something with that. Well, not necessarily always do something with it, because even though we like each other, and we, you know, we'd like to be around each other, it doesn't mean that we are a good fit for anything. And it's, but just being friends and it's okay too, right? right. So uh, the way I look at networking is, and most people hate it, by the way. <laughs> what, why they, they hate it is because they hate being sold to. There's also the factor that they do not like, like to be shamed for anything. Like if they forgot somebody or if they forgot their name. And I know that it happened to me. I forgot somebody's name. Oh, well. We're human, and unfortunately, we don't accept that we're human. We don't accept our own humanity. We want to be perfect. Okay, so let me put everybody's mind at ease. First of all, networking is about uh, meeting new people for the sake of building 
influence, nothing more than building influence because you don't know how you're going to impact their life or how they're going to impact yours. People come into our lives for a reason, a season or life. And that's what we need to look into them for. Maybe it's a reason. Maybe I have something to learn from this person. Maybe it's a season. Maybe we will do something together, whether in collaboration, in business, in the in a transactional way, or maybe it's for life. We're just going to be super cool friends and that's okay too right? And when you come into a networking environment, whether it's virtual or in person, be the host instead of being the networker. See, that's yeah. what made me, um, um, somebody actually called me the millionaire connector. It happened in a very cute way. And then it became a real thing. I'm trademarked the millionaire connector, <laughs> but it was a joke. Um, you know, people think that I'm the host in some of the events that I go to. They think that that's my event. And I'm like, why would you think that? Well, you're introducing everybody because I just know everybody. That's <laughs> why, you know. But the way it happened was I was on a blind date. You have to listen to this. This is hysterical, right? Because it is. It's funny as a story. And think about it. It happened through networking. I went on a blind date. And uh, I told him, well, when we met, we knew that this was not going to go anywhere. There was no, no chemistry whatsoever, right? So I said to him, I said, hey, you know what? We really did click as friends. Why don't we just stay friends? But do you mind if we stop by this networking event that my friend is hosting? And we'll just go say hello and we'll leave and go for dinner. How's that? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. Let's do it, you know? And here we are. We're coming to this event venue. And it's a bar. So the bar is like in a U shape. And in, as soon as you come in, the U shape is right in front of you. And there was a girl standing there and she's like, oh, look at that. The millionaire connector is here. And I'm looking around me and I'm like, are you talking to me? She's like, yes, yeah, silly. And I'm like, come here. What are you talking about? I didn't say that. I said it even in a worst way. But it was, you know, I, I promise not to swear anymore. So I have, to really, I have to be careful. So she's like, well, you see Tom and David over there in the corner? They said that you introduced them nine months ago and they just made a deal that gave them $2 million each. And by the way, for your audience, they're yacht brokers. But I didn't know. I just thought they should just meet. Anyway, so she's like, you should go there and get your commission. And I'm like, wow, you don't even know. I don't even do that, right? Here we go. My friend and my new friend, my blind, my, my blind date go to the corner. And as soon as everybody sees me, they, they go, they, they say, Orly, the millionaire connector. And I'm like, oh my God, please floor open wide, swallow me whole. What the heck? This guy is right next to me. Doesn't know what's happening. They pull him into this rope velvety thing with a bunch of champagne bottles. I don't drink. They give him a drink. I mean, they just took him in and I'm like standing there outside of the ropes, you know? Poor <laughs> guy. Yeah, I know, right? Fast forward, I moved to New York. And in New York, I go to this networking event that's a red carpet event. Every month, this lady was inviting me and all the who's who is there. Uh, Hollywood producers and, and all kinds of people. And this guy who is a producer, his name is Dean Love. 
he worked with Demi Moore and Bruce Willis and Tom Cruise. And really, like, I was avoiding him like the plague. Every month, he would be on one corner of the room. I would be on the other. I would not, because I go gaga. Like, I don't, <laughs> I get celebrity struck, right? Like, I go dumb. <laughs> I go literally dumb. <laughs> and after a few months, Dean comes up to me and, not, you know, taps me on the shoulder. And he's like, you know, you're like the millionaire connector. And I'm like, what? What didn't you say? And he's like, yeah, I've been talking to people for months now. And everybody that I talk to that has done business together says you introduce them. So I think that you're like the millionaire connector. <laughs> so the next morning I called my lawyer. I'm like, how do we trademark this thing? You know, that's <laughs> and, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I do. So at every event, I introduce people to each other. That's my only goal. And so that's what people should do, too. I love that. I know. And it's like, without the expectation of something in return, just that these, you know, they're, you anticipate some sort of synergy or some sort of connection and it's up to you guys to do something with it. Right. Yeah. I love it. I love it. But now you've moved to Florida yes. and have you been, have you been there since COVID or, or were you there before COVID? No, like so I was in Florida between 2002 and 2012. I moved from Montreal, Canada. Then I went to, to New York on business and met my husband. So the rest was history. And then we just moved back to Florida a couple of months ago. Wow. So you're talking about networking. Like you have to network. You don't know. Do you know anybody down there? I don't know anybody in my area, but I know a lot of people in Florida. Yes. Or yeah. might as well say people know me. <laughs> it's really that. They're like, oh, you're in Florida again? Yay. You know? Oh, many people from years have been asking me, so when are you coming back to Florida? So when are you coming back to Florida? But I yeah. Yeah. We have, um, our youngest is a junior. So we have in high school. And so we have like a year and a half left in Boston. I'm like, oh, nice. Could not wait. <laughs> I love Boston. It was nice. I lived there for like six months, but it was nice. I it, it is just not like right now when it was 19 degrees this morning. It's just oh, like yeah. when it gets into your bones and I can't do anything to get it out. I just need a little break from, from that. So I'm going to look into some sort of snowbird arrangement. <laughs> good. Very good. I told my husband he can visit if he wants. Oh, no. That's what I told my husband. He wants to go back to New York, he said, but it's not true. Because we were just in New York, and within the first half hour, he got beeped at he, uh, like six times. Oh, he, yeah. He got cut off, and he, ha and he saw a fist fight. So within a half hour of being in, in Brooklyn. So I he's like, it. boy, I don't miss this place. And I'm like, Really? <laughs> Interesting. Really? So what got you into the speaking business? Like how, how did that all transpire? So now that you know my story, um, it, it's kind of funny how it happened. I was in property management here in, in, uh, in Florida for, for a long time and Montreal as well. Like I was in property management for 25 years. Everybody knew me in that arena. And I was also speaking in that arena. So it's not like I'm new to the speaking world. But then one day, one of my girlfriends said, hey, can you come and speak at this women's shelter? And I'm like, what do you want me to speak about? You know, property management. Like I was making fun of her because I'm like, what do you want me to talk about? She's like, no, silly. I want you to tell your story. And I'm like, oh, that's funny, but not happening. And for three weeks, I don't know how many of you have a annoying friend because I have one and oh, yeah. her name is Liz and she called me every single day 
And she said, are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? And after three weeks, I got really fed up of her calling me about this. So I said, why me? There's other people that talk about this subject matter. Why me? And she's like, well, you have this bubbly personality everywhere we go. You're like a social butterfly. Everybody knows you. Everybody hugs you. People who don't know you hug you. Like, you know, like just come and tell your story. You're living the lifestyle that most people dream about. So, okay, back and forth we went on this, but I finally relented. And I, and I went and spoke at this women's shelter. And what happened to me, as opposed to what happened to me during talks that I did in property management, was something completely different. When I came, first of all, there was not one eye dry in the place. And then when I got off the stage, people were thanking me for speaking, like, thank you for coming, thank you for giving me hope, thank you for, you know, for sharing. And one lady was very um, adamant about telling me that, thank you. Right. And so she was crying profusely. We were trying to calm her down and she said, you don't understand. And I said, no, I do understand, sweetheart. You need to calm down, breathe. She was hyperventilating. And after a while she yelled at me, no, you don't understand. And then she took a piece of paper out of her pocket. I'm kind of speeding up the story, but she took a piece of paper out and she showed it to me. And she's like, you see here, this is how I was going to kill myself this morning. In fact, I don't remember driving from my house to the shelter because you see here, that's not where I was going. But I heard you speak and I want to live. I just need you to show me how. Not Ooh, often I'm speechless. Nice. What? <laughs> I said, it's not often I'm speechless. Go on. Niagara Falls. I could not hold myself any longer. I was crying. Everybody around us was crying. And... In my head, it was not like, oh, wow, this is interesting. It was like, oh, wow, I just saved somebody's life. Yeah. And so I write about this story in my books, both of my books, and um, what really happened in the car. So what happens in the book is what that I'm supposed to write a book, okay? But what happens in the car when, with my friend Chris is me crying and saying, screw property management. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to do this for the rest of my life. Right. And that's really when I decided to take that on to actually impact other people's lives. This is when I realized how powerful our story is because, yes. you know, in the act of sharing, there's contribution. You just don't know whose life you're going to change. And so I, I press on people to share their story. I do too, but there was definitely a time where I did not believe the the story mattered. And I actually have had people say, well, it's not your story. It's your son's story. And I said, okay, I do remember being on that rug, having my own suicidal thoughts. Pretty sure part of it's mine. I'm not trying to take his story, but as his mother, I mean, very much. And, and he was 10. He he wasn't able to take care of himself. So it's our, my husband's, my other son, it's our story. And I do believe it needs to be spoken about because, and, and the topics that, that, you know, you've, you've just covered is because like people need to know that there is a way out and there is that potential for a very different future. I mean, I'm going to cry, but that's okay. <laughs> It's, it's like when he comes, he came home from homecoming, which was in like December or November. No, that was, sorry, October. I'm a mess. He came home from homecoming dance in October and he was late 
And somebody said to me, well, are you going to yell at him? I'm like, he's alive, man. There was, I never thought we would get a homecoming experience with him. So am I going to yell that he's a little late? First of all, I think that's probably the police's job. Um, no, I'm just glad he's here and he's safe. And that is the thing that matters. And so talking about it and, and making, you know, these taboo topics safe and normal and giving people psychological safety to say like, wow, you know, what, what can I do to get similar results? Like, that's why I do what I do now. Same, same thing. You know, your, your mess becomes your message. <laughs> and it's so important for people to hear it. Um, because, you know, there are so many times where you hear something and it doesn't click and somebody says it a little bit differently and it's in and it's like locked in the vault. So you never know when you'll be that for somebody. And I am so thankful that you saved her life. Well, you know, at the end of the day, your story is your story. You're the only one who lived it. You're the only one who can tell it. Uh, it is your story and how you live through it, no matter what other characters are in that story, right? Because your mm -hmm. son is a character, your, your husband, your other son, everybody is a character in the story, but it is the way you lived it. And so it's subjective to you and subjective to those who listen to your story, to take it in, to not take it in, to take the lesson, not take the lesson, to even ask for help. The goal is to just share it. You don't know what other people's are, you know, and a lot of people also ask me, well, you know, how do I know somebody would pay for my story? Well, let's just put it this way. This is my tagline. If you do have a story, somebody is willing to pay for it. That's my tagline. And I think that people are completely losing track of what it means to share your story and yeah. being authentic about it, being vulnerable about it, making sure that you tell your story and you don't, you know, fix it so that it sounds better for other people to hear. No, 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 no. Give it straight up. That's what people want to hear. And that's what they connect with. They connect with the emotion and the the messiness of the story because life itself is really messy. It's and messy. <laughs> it's unpredictable. It's who knows. And that's also why I don't judge people. I don't judge people. I don't criticize people. I may analyze if somebody asks me for advice. I'm analytical, not critical. And so I like to say that because my mentor taught me to be analytical and not critical. We all have judgments about people and we have the worst judgments about ourselves. And we got to stop that. Yeah. We judge ourselves for everything. It's horrible. You know, oh, I look like this. I look like that. I should do this. I should do that. By what means? Who said what? You know, like I know that the outside world has affected us in a certain way and influences the way we look at ourselves. But at the end of the day, just be you. Does a flower need to say that she's pretty? No. I, yes, to all the things you just said. Um, there is a, uh, I was talking to someone the other day and I said, I feel like, should, need to, and have to are, are like cousins. Like those words are all related to each other. And if we can get the shoulds and the need to and the have to out of there, what a different world it would be. And those unfair expectations we put on ourselves. And through my mindset coaching practice, it's been really important to help people, you know, just develop that level of self-love, that firm foundation that then becomes like the precipice for them seeing their full potential. It's, it's mind blowing what people can accomplish 
once they begin to love themselves. It's unbelievable. In, in my Mindset Mastery program and in my book, Mindset Mastery, the 12 powers we hold within, um, one of the things that I talk about is the shoulda, coulda, woulda. And the shoulda, coulda, woulda is from outside world infliction. When you say I need to is because you come to a certain realization where you want to do something. And so I need to do this for myself instead of for others. And that's really important. And yeah, you don't have to. You don't need to. You don't shoulda, coulda, woulda either because what you're inflicting is pain. And that's what people need to stay away from is inflicting self-pain. I want to make sure I give, um, you know, all of the, the details on how to contact you before we're done. And I forget, cause that has happened before. Yeah. So just a quick pause in the, in the, in the storytelling there, just to say, if you want to follow Orly on LinkedIn, this is her LinkedIn, uh, which is Orly Amore dash business coach. Um, so highly recommend you follow her. She, you do really great content. Your videos are hilarious and really educational. Well, I, uh, I definitely work on, on giving what I can, uh, right. My father, God bless his soul, uh, always said to me, even the most beautiful woman in the, in the world can only give what she has. And it's yeah. so cool that he says that, that he said that, it, you know, and I grew up with that. He's like, you just give of yourself, the rest will come. And that's really a cool thing to have, right? Um, but you can also follow me on all social media as I am Orly Amore. So the letter I A M Orly Amore is everything, Instagram, TikTok, all of it, um, everywhere, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, Facebook, all of it. Whatever that thing is. Yeah, whatever that thing is. <laughs> Speaking of joy, this morning I am driving the dogs to daycare. It is 19 degrees, I think. You know, so it's like get in the car and hurry and try to drive fast to get the engine warmed up and whatever. And there's con construction ahead and I can see um, a police officer. And it looks like he's directing traffic, although there's nobody really there to direct. He was actually dancing. So he's like, come on this way, come on that way. And I don't know if it was to keep himself warm or if he was like truly in a state of joy, but my like, it's 19 degrees and it, uh, get out of the car and these dogs are never going to go right in. They're going to sniff everything in sight. But that, he just like stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, what a happy guy. Yeah. Like, he's making the most. Yeah. Well, and it's probably being paid triple for it. Good for him. It's 19 degrees. I would not, I would not take that job. Um, but he's making the most of a less than desirable situation. And that's like truly what joy is all about. So as he's like doing his things and just being all goopy, like he put a smile on my face and that's what it's all about. It is. It is. Yeah. God bless you for what you do, but putting a smile on people's faces is the best. So you're telling me my videos are hilarious. It's, it's because yeah. it's my personality. My personality is not to be hilarious, but it's just like, I, it's quirky. And sometimes I'm just very, um, uh, you know, I like to, to, what do you call it when you uh, sarcastic, I'm, I'm very sarcastic, mm -hmm. but not in a condescending way. I'm sarcastic to make fun of myself. And, and I just crack myself up. I call it cracking myself up. That's what I do. I crack myself up. Me Before too, I crack girl. Anybody else. I tell the boys all the time, your mother is hilarious. And they're like, like, why would you say that? Exactly. <laughs> 
because it's true. Yeah. There you go. I just cracked myself up. It's all good. So tell us a little bit about, um, cause I want to make sure we get, um, you know, we, we share, you know, all the great work that you're doing when you're working with a new client. Um, like what does that process look like? Is it, is it, um, well, I'll just let you describe what it, what it is and what it isn't. Well, so my, my program is, is really seven weeks for those who want to get into the group coaching. Uh, but they do get two, two one-on-ones with me before them. Uh, one-on-one meaning just them and me, which is, yes, the uh, because people think that one-on-one means, oh, it's a group, but we're going to still do one-on-one within the group. No, it's really one-on-one. So two one-on-ones with me before the group even starts. And the cool part about it is that in that first session, I'll tell you that one, I position them in the industry. See, many people speak about what you speak about. I'm going to disillusion people to think that they have the only formula around for whatever it is that they teach. It's not that they don't, and I don't say that in a in a condescending way. Just understand that this industry has many people thinking like you. So what makes you different? And how does an event planner know the difference? And that's the problem. If it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it's a duck. That's the problem. Everybody sounds the same. And no disrespect, please understand that you might have a different methodology, a different way about you. And there's you who is unique in your own way already. So I, my gift, my, my superpower, I call it, is how to position you in the industry to sound intriguing, sexy, and marketable for an event planner to actually look at you instead of swiping over you. That's what they call it, swiping, right? I wrote a book called Public Speakers, You're Not All That, 12 Reasons Why Event Planners Won't Hire You. And I interviewed over 3,400 event planners for this book. It took me four and a half years out of my own time and my own dime to do that. So I got it from the horse's mouth and now I can actually help my clients. That's the first thing. So I position them. I also fee structure them. Do they know how much to charge? Do they know when to scale? What to charge for what and how to negotiate? That is what's in this program is you got to know this industry inside and out before you can get paid as a speaker. And the third thing we do is I find out more about you and I give you a lot of information about what this industry needs and talks like right now. My second superpower, which is our second session one-on-one, is to come up with three talk titles that are also sexy, intriguing, and marketable for event planners to want to hire you instead of all the other people that talk about the same topic. That's the hook. That's how they get you in. That's how you get paid. And then the seven weeks within the program is how to communicate to an event planner, where to find them, how to find them, how to deal with rebuttals, what to say first, second, and third, how to deal with, uh, you know, you don't, you're not a good fit, how to deal with, we don't have money. That's not true. They don't want to pay you, but you don't want to hear it, right? So how do you counter that? And if you know what you're doing, and that's the first thing in my book that that event planners are saying. Speakers don't know what they're doing. That's how they know because you don't know how to answer certain of things that they say. And so they already picked you, pinned you as you don't know. And if you don't know, then you're desperate. You don't know what you're doing. Why would I hire you? Why would I pay you? But if you knew, then you know. 
you know, and that's really what it's all about. It's it's not to get ready. It's to be ready. When we're done, you're ready. You know how to contact them, how to find them, where to find them, how to contact them, what to say first, second, and third, how to deal with rebuttals, how to follow up and follow through, when to follow up and follow through, with whom to follow up and follow through. Like there is so much to know about this industry. When I talk about business of public speaking, I mean it, only business. I will not teach you how to speak, when to speak, and so on. Beautiful. So for everyone listening and watching, really take this to heart that there's a lot to learn. Um, and the industry has changed quite a bit, right? And I think, um, you know, I hate to, to credit or blame everything on COVID, but COVID had a big impact. A lot of stuff got wiped out. People had to reset. There was a lot of virtual that happened too. And so, you know, there's lots Can of- Can I speak that... to that? Yeah, please. Okay. So let's actually call it a reality check for people who are thinking that COVID changed anything in this industry. COVID shifted things, but did not change anything. COVID actually sped up this industry by 13 years ahead of schedule. That's what it did. What do so you mean now, by that? Tell us more. I will. Yes, I'm going to tell you exactly what it means. So during COVID, before COVID, there are 64,000 events a day in America alone, Canada and the United States that pay speakers. Those 64,000 every day did not vanish into thin air during COVID. So let's talk about that. Let's separate those multitude of events into three categories. The first category is yes, they canceled. A third of the people canceled literally their events, didn't know where this was going. Nobody was ready for it, right? Like you and I were not ready for this. We didn't even know. No, so, I actually thought I was going to Mexico in early April. I was going to down in March. <laughs> I was going to India in May. I lost everything. But here's the quote. So the third Cancel, didn't know what's going to happen, didn't know when to come back, what to do. Absolutely. Okay. So that's only a third. The second third were equipped to go virtual. So Zoom and whatever, right? I mean, wouldn't mm -hmm. you have wanted to know that this would happen so you can buy some stocks in Zoom, right? I mean, it literally imploded, right? So those, that second third was just equipped to go virtual. So they just switched went virtual, sent everybody an email. I already got paid for some of these events. So all of these events just sent me an email. Here's what we're doing. Here's where you'll show up. Here is your link. That's it. And here's the link to share with other people. That was it. The third third, we're having a problem with speakers canceling on them because they couldn't make the next date. Guess who picked up the slack? me and my clients. Beautiful. Not all of it, not all of it, knowing what to do. Everybody, all my clients from even years prior were calling me March of 2020. Let me tell you, my phone was blowing up. Orly, what do we do? Everybody's canceling. Nobody's hiring. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, continue doing the process. I call it the process, right? prospecting and contacting process. And many of my clients want to call it something else. I don't know what to call it. I call it the process moving on, you know, and basically. Yeah. 
So they continued. One of my clients calls me up first week of June of 2020. He's like, Orly, I just got hired for a virtual talk, but I've never done a virtual talk. Oh my God, what do I do? I'm like, just be you. Nobody has been here before. Even though virtual speaking has been around for a long time. I remember GoToMeeting when I used to speak in Fort Lauderdale and I was speaking across the world to another room somewhere else, you know? So I get it. But some people were not used to it. So they were already afraid of virtual speaking because they were afraid of talking straight at the iris like I'm doing now. Mm Mm-hmm. But you get used to it because anchors on TV do the same thing. So I tell people, you know what? Once you practice a little bit, you can do this. It's not hard. It's just a matter of practice. It is annoying, but it's a practice. So I said to him, I said, just be you. He calls me on a Sunday night just to give you a timeline. Sunday night, Monday, he's giving the call, the the talk. So I said to him, okay, well, you know what? Just be you. You're fine. Everything's going to be okay. Do you. Don't worry about it. And call me after. Let me know how it goes, right? So this is now Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday, he calls me up. And he's like, Orly, you'll never believe what happened. And I'm like, what happened? First of all, how did it go? You know. And he says, oh, my God, they love me. They just called me and told me that they want me for seven more gigs. Wow. Okay. Paid. That's what I'm talking about. The industry or COVID sped up everything because now it's like they don't want to deal with the cancellations of speakers. So now they're just hiring the same speaker for multiple things. Yeah. It's it's becoming boutique and it stayed that way. So virtual is still good because right now 78% of events are still virtual. And many people say, well, wait, hold on a second. We know there's live events. Yes, but you're forgetting the hybrid events. So you have about 34% that are live. There's 35% that are live and uh, virtual. And then there's the other 30 some percent that are virtual only. So we consider the middle part, which is virtual and live, to be on either side virtual. Beautiful. Look at that. And, and that's, that's the thing through, you know, challenges, opportunities are born and the opportunity to look at things differently and say, you know, there, there is another way to do this. And with a little bit of flexibility on both of our parts, right. You know, the sky's the limit. So I love that. Yeah. Tell us a little bit, cause I want to make sure we um, also share Speaker, speaker and experts magazine. Tell me a little bit about uh, about that. Speakers and... and experts magazine, but that's okay. Oh, okay. Speakers and experts magazine.com. It's a magazine that I started back in 2020, and um, we are relaunching it now. So as a relaunch gift, we're gifting uh, a quarter page ad in the magazine. It's worth about six thousand dollars. It goes. It's go and it's free. So I ha- apparently people don't hear when I say it's free for you. If you hear this, you got to email me and that's all it is. <laughs> I don't know why people don't hear free. I hear free like that. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, free. it's for me. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to send my email right now. <laughs> it's free. So, um, I started this magazine because I wanted to serve my community of event planners. 
So this magazine goes out twice a month to about 27,000 event planners and entrepreneurs that want to hire speakers. So it could be in the corporate world. It could be in the conference world, summit world, meeting world. It doesn't matter. And they opted in to be a part of the magazine. So they will get it digitally. And if you're in the magazine, you're also going to get the magazine so you can see it, right? And you'll see your ad in there and it's really cool. But if you go to the website right now, speakersandexpertsmagazine.com, you'll see something very old because we're revamping the website completely, and that's the relaunch. So if you're part of the magazine, you'll also be invited to our relaunch party, which is put it on your date, you know, like uh, save the date. It's on Friday, the 26th of January, between 5 and 7 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to be networking. There's going to be a few hundred people there. So come and join the fun. It's going to be fun. Is that a virtual event? It's going to be fun. What? Fun. Sign me up if it's fun. Is that a virtual event or is that a physical event? Yeah, it's a virtual event. Beautiful. Okay. Awesome. And we'll make sure we- People in this magazine are from all over the world. There's no way I can do a live one. Not yet. Make sure we have that in the in the speaker's notes as well, so that we uh, are able to promote that. For Um, sure. Thank you so much for your time today. Any any parting thoughts as we begin to wrap? You know, uh, we say to people, "Don't judge book by its its cover." Then don't judge and attach yourself to what you're hearing out there. Know for yourself. You, you got it. You know, I, I love having coaches. Don't hire a coach that doesn't have a coach. But I love having coaches because they they decrease your learning curve. Yes. And just know that it's okay to ask for help. Yes. And, you know, also believe people when they when they say particularly the positive things um, about you that like they're not trying to sugarcoat or say something that isn't true. They see, they see you first of all, and they see mm-hmm. something in you that you just don't believe yet. And it's with that mindset shift that you're able to do that. And I'm so glad you touched on that because I, I couldn't agree more. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And that was another episode of Joy Unleashed. Make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel so you never miss an episode. Thank you for tuning in to Joy Unleashed. As always, it's my honor to be your host and joyologist, Colleen Greco. Follow me at the Colleen Greco on Instagram for daily motivation and inspiration. And don't forget to leave my show a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, sisters. <laughs>